Welcome to day eight of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are Genesis chapters 22 through 24. Here are some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Genesis chapter 22 is one of the most mysterious and powerful chapters in all of Genesis and perhaps in all of the Bible. A great deal of ink has been spilt across the generations in various disciplines, reflecting on Abraham's near sacrifice of Isaac at Moriah. This story is often referred to by the Hebrew verb for binding, the word akidah. It's the only place in scripture where that verb is used. There are several parallels between the story of Ishmael in chapter 21 from yesterday's reading and Isaac in chapter 22 from today's reading. In chapter 21, Sarah makes a demand of Abraham that he takes Ishmael and sends him into the wilderness. In chapter 22, God makes a demand of Abraham that he take Isaac into the wilderness as well. In both stories, Abraham responds early in the morning. In both stories, the angel of the Lord speaks and intervenes. In the story of Ishmael, Hagar looks up in response and sees a well. In the story of Isaac, Abraham looks up in response and sees the ram caught in the thicket. And most importantly, in both stories, God intervenes and gives to Abraham a promise concerning each of his sons. This narrative gives the final recorded conversation between Abraham and God. Notice that at the heart of this interaction is an important shift in the order of the action. In the previous conversations between Abraham and God, the pattern has gone this way. God makes a demand, then God makes a promise, and then Abraham obeys. That's demand, promise, then obedience. In this final encounter, the order plays out this way. God makes a demand, Abraham obeys, and then God makes a promise. Demand, obedience, and then promise. The dramatic test of the powerful faith demonstrated by Abraham is embodied in Abraham's willingness to obey without fully understanding or having heard the promise. Abraham trusts God so much by this point in the story that God's character and not God's promises have become the motivation for Abraham's faithful action and obedience. Amazing. Certainly, New Testament writers will see hints of the crucifixion story in Isaac's carrying of the wood, and in Abraham's powerful statement of faith to Isaac, God himself will provide the sacrifice. One other implication of this powerful narrative might be a shift in how Israel views child sacrifice. Many of the nations around Israel practiced child sacrifice as part of religious rituals, and as we will see, there are even a few moments in Israel's history where they fall into that idolatrous practice as well. However, it will always be described as an abomination, and it will always come with severe judgment on the people who practice it. Perhaps this narrative, at least in part, says that although God demands full obedience and commitment of God's people, God will not ask us to sacrifice our children. God will always provide a substitute as a sacrifice. Chapter 23 narrates the death of Sarah. Her significance as one of the pillars of faith is demonstrated in that she is the only matriarch whose age is recorded at her death. Her age, 127 years, may have some symbolic significance. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 7, God announces that the maximum years granted to humankind is 120. Sarah makes it seven more years, the number of completion past that. She has lived a very full life and then some. The chapter is largely a business transaction in which Abraham buys a burial cave from the Hittites. It appears to be important to him that he purchases the field and it not be given to him. That way, when his ancestors receive the land sometime in the future, there will be no dispute over who this ancestral burial plot belongs to. 
It even appears, based on prices David and Jeremiah later pay for land, that Abraham overpays. Notice that Abraham, who so deftly bartered with God over Sodom and Gomorrah, doesn't even barter. He just pays the first price Ephron names. Who does that? Chapter 24 is the longest chapter in Genesis and serves as the generational transition from Abraham to Isaac. Abraham's requests to his servant are the final words Abraham speaks in the entire text. Abraham's apprehension about Isaac marrying a Canaanite is probably not an issue of racial or ethnic bias. After all, he did have a child with an Egyptian. But another sign that he is concerned about the future of the promised land, Abraham wants his future generations to receive the land as a gift and not, like the Canaanites might have, have a legal claim upon it. The account of Abraham's servant records the first prayer for guidance in the Bible and is a lovely story of divine providence meeting with human action. Like Abraham and Lot before her, Rebecca models the hospitality of God to strangers. The text introduces us to her brother Laban and perhaps hints at the greed that will become such a problem later in the life of her own son, Jacob. These stories of arranged marriages driven by economic concerns for lineage and heritage, they seem so strange to our modern sensibilities. However, notice in the story of Isaac and Rebekah that we get the very first mention of love between spouses in the Bible. Life comes with many mysteries, life and death, faith and fear, grief and joy, all happening within the providential care of God. They're all present in these chapters for today. So read these stories carefully, read looking for things you've never seen before, listen to what the Spirit might say to you through the text today, journal some of your reflections, your questions, and your prayers, and then walk in obedience to the God of grace today. Tomorrow's reading is Genesis 25 through 27 and Psalm 4. I'll see you tomorrow.